Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Stone Table. My name is Mickey, and I am a worship arts coordinator here at Baylife Church. And my name is Travis, and I am the teaching pastor at Baylife Church. And we are so excited to be doing this episode because the past couple weeks, we have been totally busy making sure Travis finishes finish strong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this is kind of a welcome break from just reading books by dead theologians. <laughs> yes. I am, I am neck deep in two classes for grad school. Yep. And and um, feeling the the consequences of saving a lot of this work for the last minute. We so. are down to the wire. So the next couple weeks, Travis is, like you said, neck deep in making sure he writes his papers <laughs> yeah. and takes tests. So it's been very, very busy here in the low house. Yeah, it's been, it was great to have a conversation with a human being that talks back yes. rather than a <laughs> book that just talks at me. Yes. So this, this was a, a welcome relief. Yes. So today's episode is a very special one to me. We got the chance to sit down with a longtime friend of mine. Her name is Melissa Morales. Mm. And if you can't tell by her name, she is my really good friend who lives in Mendoza, Argentina. So we've gotten the chance to talk to her about what ministry looks like in her context. So Melissa works in communications and production for her church, which is named Ministerio Camina Asia. Dios, eh, which is part of the Assemblies of God organization there in Argentina. Yeah, and I, one of the things that I really enjoyed about talking with uh, Melissa and getting to know her over the last two days, because I, I met her yesterday over WhatsApp, yeah. you, you introduced <laughs> us, and then we had this conversation. And, and in this conversation, she talks about the way that her church has really taken seriously the task of caring for those who've been really hurt economically right. by this virus. The people who are not sure where their next meal is going to come from and who are working day to day to be able to pay their bills. And it, w- it was really cool to hear how this particular community of faith is just reaching out in unique ways to care for their community and for their congregation. And one of the other things that, that I've really enjoyed in, in all of our conversations with our friends over the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and especially in this conversation, is to see how the body of Christ is facing the the same, the same thing, the same challenge, right. with, with some distinctions depending on region, but totally. facing the same challenge, and and learning from how other brothers and sisters are dealing with the, the challenge of this pandemic in different contexts. Totally, and there's so much wisdom that we can draw from that and having those conversations. Right. So we are so excited about this episode, and we have enjoyed it so much, and we hope that you do too. So for Bay Life Church, I'm Mickey, and I'm Travis, and this is the Stone Table. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us for The Stone Table. I am so excited to have you, and I'm so excited for our listeners to get a chance to get to know you as well. Well, thank you guys (laughs) for having me. It's my pleasure. Awesome. So we always ask our listeners, or not, not our listeners, we ask our guests a very important question when they first come on the show, because we feel like this question is is perfect. Really important. It's very important. It's very important. And it's perfect for us getting to know you and our listeners. So Melissa, are you a dog person or a cat person? Definitely a cat person. No (laughs) thought about it. That that's right. You're the first person. You're already my favorite guest. Um, because you are the first cat person who's ever come on the show apart from the hosts. Yes. Yes. 
Um, so wow. can I ask why? What what makes you a cat person other than that you love Jesus more than most <laughs> other people? <laughs> um, I think it's because cats love you for who you are, you know? Definitely. Okay. They're, they're like, um, I don't know. Yeah, they really do like you for who you are. You don't have to try, you know, you don't have to throw a ball and say catch. No, cats just love you. You're lazy. Cats love lazy. Yeah. yeah. I, Agreed. That's beautiful. I love that. However, you do also have a dog. So you it's not like you totally hate the other spectrum. You're also very open-minded about dogs too, I feel like. Yeah, I am. But I'd prefer to have a house full of cats than Ooh, a lot amen. of dogs, you know? Amen. I and love that. See, what I love about that is that the dog people listening to this will go, the only reason she's a cat person is because she's never had a dog but, but you, you do have. have a dog. Yes. I do have a dog, so yeah. So you can say, I, I've seen both sides of this. <laughs> and I've exactly. come out with the right the right opinion. That's Cats awesome. are cleaner, are nicer, True. are friendlier. You know, dogs yeah. aren't. Your cat is pretty nice. Ours is not. He's kind of the, the exception. He's kind of mean. But we but, like him anyway. Yeah. And they're low maintenance, right? You, yeah. You can leave a cat on its own and it'll take care of itself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Although my cat does get angry when she sees the, the bottom of her bowl. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like ours is kind of like that yeah. too. I mean, I get the same way. So, <laughs> I get pretty sad when my food's getting empty. It's true. <laughs> yes. Um, so, Melissa, this is the second time I've gotten to talk to you. The first time was yesterday when, when we had caught a, up on a, WhatsApp. Caught up on life and, and WhatsApp. And, uh, <laughs> and so I'm getting to know you kind of along with our listeners, but um, Mickey has told me so much about you. And uh, she's told me in particular that you've traveled all over the world. And I would love to just know what, what are some of the, your favorite places that you've been? And uh, what are what are some of the, the places that are like must visit when the world begins to reopen? <laughs> Well, I don't know if I would say I've traveled all over the world. There's a lot of places I, I still haven't seen and I want to go travel when this is all over. Mm -hmm. But I guess my favorite place up until now has been Barcelona. Mm. Such a beautiful city, beautiful people. Um, it felt like being in Argentina, but yeah. different. Yeah. So I, I really like that. Um, Didn't you go by I, yourself? Yeah, I to went Barcelona. By <laughs> yeah, I went by myself and it was the best time so ever, cool. you know. Yeah. Solo vacations are kind of awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're the they're the best. I mean, you can do what you want when whenever you want. You want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, but I think I'm either between uh Peru or Australia when this is over. Okay. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah. I guess we'll see what, what comes first. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Now Very you, cool. You live in Mendoza in Argentina, and I, I've never been. Eventually, I'm hoping to go yes. and, and visit uh, Mickey's home country. But if, if I were to visit Mendoza, can you give me one restaurant that I would need to go to, that I would need to visit, if I only could like eat at must. one place, yeah. the, the must-eat location? At one place. Okay. I would say Cabas de Cano. Okay. Um, it's a really, really sweet little place in Luján here in Mendoza where they serve you the best wine, mm. the best meat and, mm. um, the best, you know, produce from Mendoza that would include, um, olives and, Ooh, you know, yes, I'm telling cheese. you, it's so good there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh man, the best cheese, the best olive oil too. Mm. <gasps> yeah, so exactly. Yeah. All from Mendoza. Okay, yeah. cool. Have you been there or no? I don't think I've been there, but I've been enough in either Mendoza or other parts of Argentina where just the food is just so rich. Oh man, it's just so <laughs> good. So we will definitely have to pay that a visit whenever we hopefully yeah. get the chance to come visit. Absolutely. But Melissa, you are in Maipú, right? That is the name of your yes. city within Mendoza. Um, and so for our listeners, Melissa and I have grown up together pretty much. We have been friends since we were kids. Our parents are our friends and they've been friends for as long as I can remember. And Melissa's grandfather actually was one of my dad's mentors when he was my age. Yeah. The ties go all the way back, all the way back. Um, her grandfather, um, your mom's dad actually was one of my dad's mentors. And when he started his journey in ministry and so, um, our families have just been close for so long. And so Melissa's family has been a huge blessing for us and it's been so cool to be able to walk alongside each other in life, even though we're thousands of miles apart. Um, it's been so nice to be able to visit each other and, uh, just follow each other's lives and ministry. So, um, I'm so excited for us to get to know you a little bit more for our listeners and talk about what ministry looks like in your context right now. Yeah. So let's, let's kind of just jump into a little bit of your story, Melissa. Could, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? And I know you studied communications in Argentina and, and it sounds like you've got your hand in, in a lot of different things. You're serving extensively in your church and you work in local government and you, you travel and do all these things. So just give us a little bit of a background about who you are, how you ended up uh, in ministry and, and what, what ministry looks like for you. Well, yeah, I do a a lot of things. I mean, I'm one of those people that can't be still. (laughs) Um, I'm either studying or working or at church or traveling if I'm not uh, doing one of those things. Um, I guess my whole life I have been, you know, moving from one place to another. So when I grow, when I was growing up, I was like, you know, I can't stay still. I can't do the same thing every day. So I try to, you know, keep changing things either in ministry. Um, When I started ministry, I obviously started singing, but then I incorporated photography, um, all the multimedia in my church. Now we're doing the communications in this Mm -hmm. weird context. Um, But yeah, I just just can't keep still. (laughs) And that same thing makes me learn new things, try different things, try different ways of either ministry or work or, you know, in my same studies. So I think that's the basics of me. You know, I I can't sit still. I can't be still. (laughs) So I just try new things. And that's, I think, is the basis of my of my way of ministry. Also, Mm. like I said, I started singing at church then. Um, I started with the violin, you know, I, I play mm-hmm. violin. I don't play it now because I don't have the time. Um, but I started doing that. Then I started teaching. Mm-hmm. I was actually uh, teaching with, uh, either the youngest adults or the kids. And mm-hmm. then I stopped doing that and went on with the teenagers. Mm-hmm. And then we incorporated uh, photography and all the multimedia in my church. And I actually started doing that. And now we're, you know, in this weird context where we don't, we have to do all the services online. So I'm either in production or Mm. I'm sitting in front of the camera 
um, yeah. speaking either with uh, the way the program is or helping the person that is leading that program. So mm. that's it. Yeah. And this is a conversation you and I have, you and I have had uh, about ministry. One, one of the things that I think is unique about it is that it feels like it's constantly changing. Yeah. You're always doing something new and, and the basics are the same everywhere. We're, we're preaching the gospel, gospel and right. we're, uh, you know, we're leading God's people in prayer and administering the, the sacraments of baptism and communion. But it's, it feels like every season comes with brand new things that new hats to wear as, right. as someone in ministry. And, and so that sounds like that fits your personality really yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Um, you could say that when something new comes in my church, I would basically, if not be the person, you know, to bring it, be one of the people bringing it in. Yeah. Um, I do like to change a lot. I like to, you know, even though God is the same mm-hmm. in each time, we have to modernize our church. We have to modernize the way that, you know, we speak the Bible and we preach. So I really do like to modernize. I really do like to change things up mm-hmm. and make and keep making things interesting mm. to be able to lead more people to our church. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the that's one of the beauties of the time that we find ourselves in now is that we kind of get to explore how do we marry those two things? How did we how do we advance and how do we modernize while still maintaining, you know, the the mission, which is proclaiming the gospel and discipling people. So I think that for someone like yourself and even us, as we've found ourselves having to change the way that we do things with our services, um, just what a, what a great thing it's been to be able to learn and kind of incorporate the technology that we have, um, and just use it for God's glory. So that's just been so true for Mm. us. And I'm glad we get the chance to talk to you about it and your church too. And I I wanted to bring up the, the program that you guys do for your youth specifically. We've been watching and we love the, it's almost like a talk show that you guys have set up for your ministry. (laughs) So we noticed that you start off with some worship and then you have like a guest speaker who delivers the word and just gives some encouragement. And then you debrief that after with the panel that you have. So that's been really encouraging for us to be able to see you guys do that within your means and, and having that sort of production. It's been really cool to see. Yeah. And, and I'll admit that my Spanish is pretty terrible, so <laughs> I, I couldn't understand anything in the video. Uh, Mikhail had to translate for me, uh, but it was, it was cool to just see, and it's been great even to talk to our friends in other parts of the world as well and just yeah. see how is the church adapting to the situation that we're in? What are we learning during this time? What, what are we going to take with us into the future, even when things go back to how they were before? Uh, and and what is what, what's something that we needed for this time but maybe won't keep um, right so yeah it, it's it feels like a time where people are having to be really creative in how they do ministry mm-hmm. and old patterns don't work when we can't gather together like we used to exactly um, it was a bit difficult for us at first we you know in Argentina we are actually used to the traditional way of doing church you know the typical come to church we do them typical reunion, you know. Um, but here we had to modernize everything. We had to change all that. Um, we even had to change the topics that we were talking about because, you know, Argentina is going through a rough time, not only economically, but also socially. Yeah. Um, before this 
all this coronavirus stuff, um, we were actually, you know, Argentina is going like through this rough patch of changing social uh, structures yeah. mm. in our country. Um, so the the church is going through a rough time being able to accept or deny those things. You know, mm. we're yeah. in a position where if we accept them, we're going against the Bible, but if we deny them, we're also, we're also denying the people. And that isn't the way that we're supposed to be doing, you know, we're not supposed to be denying anyone mm -hmm. because if we deny someone, we are actually denying them to know God's love. So yeah. we had to incorporate those topics too, to be able to, to let the people feel that they are heard mm -hmm. and that we are for them. And mm -hmm. if we don't do those things, even through a computer or YouTube service, we're not giving them what they need. Yeah. Mm. So that was one of the most difficult parts to be able to change the topics that we were preaching about. Mm. And then to be able to, you know, know that each one of our, of the people that is going to our church has a stable internet service, mm. has, you know, um, the needs that they have to be able to stream our services because yeah. a lot of people in Argentina don't have either internet or a computer to be able to, you know, see them the correct way. So we actually had to do that too. Yeah. Um, the older people don't know how to work any of those, those things, you know, so yeah. we actually had to look case by case to see, well, how can we help you? Yeah. What can we do to, to be able to let you know that the church is still with you, even if we can't see each other physically. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's that has been a challenge for us. Uh, Mark and I, who's the the senior pastor at our church, mm -hmm. planned our sermon calendar out until August, and we planned it back in October. Mm -hmm. And when when everything happened with coronavirus, we sat down and we said, and we were addressing a lot of important things. We were going to be tackling some cultural issues. We were going to do a series on uh, questions questions that people have and reasons why people don't want to become a Christian. Uh, but we had we had to kind of get rid of all of it and say, how do we speak to what's going on right now with people exactly. stuck in their homes, with people yeah. uh, afraid? What does it look like to to hold the truth of the Bible, uh, to be gracious to people we disagree with, and and still hold on to to the gospel? And, yeah, so it it I feel like it has caused all of us in ministry, no matter where we are, to just say, oh my gosh, we didn't plan for any of this. <laughs> right, uh, exactly. we really need the Holy Spirit to to give us wisdom and how to go forward. I love what you were saying about how you guys have had to change some stuff. Cause one of my questions for you was what are some of the adjustments your church has had to make these past couple months? Um, because I feel as though um, the guidelines where you are, are very, very strict. Is that still same, the same way right now or have they lightened a little bit? What's the situation like over there right now? Well, um, it's lightening a bit. Okay. Uh, but a bit, the churches aren't able to open yet, mm -hmm. um, schools either. The thing is with the, the biggest problem in Argentina is that if we stop our country completely, we go um, into a devastating economic disaster. Yeah. So we actually had to start, you know, with the shops and all right. of the things that, you know, that make the the economy move in Argentina, but the rest of the things are, are down. So we're just trying to find innovative ways 
yeah. to let the people feel like they're in church, but they're not. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For example, last week we did a, a church drive through where mm-hmm. depending the hour, which that's another thing that uh, the Argentinian government has established. There are days depending on your, I think it would be like your social security number in the U.S. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Depending your number, uh, that's the hour and the day that you can get out. You can get out of your, out of, out of your house to oh, either wow. you know, go grocery shopping or yeah to do the things that you have to do. So we uh, made a drive through at the church where depending the hour and the yeah. number that you were allowed to go out, you would pass through the church and we would pray for you in your car. Um, that was a, a pretty way to make the people feel like they were in church, even if they're not able to actually be in go the in. church. Mm. And if by next week, we're not able to open the church yet. We are hoping that we, that we can, because like I said, the government is lightening the things up. because of the economic problems. Mm -hmm. But if by next week we can't open our church yet, we're going to try to do like a bit of a, you know, uh, when the cars are out in a movie theater, I don't know how that's called. Yeah, like a drive-in. Like a drive-in movie. Exactly. Well, we're going to try to do a drive-in church or something like that. Um, Um, Something... Uh, Mickey mentioned to me was that especially when the lockdown was a little bit more strict that you actually had a lot of the staff members of the church move into the church uh, so that you could put the uh, the services out yeah yeah they still are at church (laughs) (laughs) so they've been living there (laughs) yeah it since the lockdown started they haven't left wow Um, it's a group of 10 people Mm -hmm. Um, they have been staying you know in my house I live with the other people that that also need uh, yeah. to be here to be able to make the services, right? Um, which would be me, my cousin, my other cousin, and then the two people that are in church. Yeah, um, they still have to stay here because even though we're, you know, it's lighting up, it's getting each day. You know, we have uh, something new that we can actually do, mm-hmm. but we still have these permits that only the the government gives you. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have these permits, you know, and they get you in the street, you can actually go to prison. Wow. So uh, they're still staying at church. I think they're going to keep staying until the lockdown stops. Because each day we try to do something different, you know, like like I said, for example, the drive-through and the drive-in. And also each day we go out, there are a lot of people that don't have anything to eat at all. Hmm. Um, for example, in the bus terminal in our city, at least 80 families are stuck there. They, they can't move until the wow. lockdown stops because Mendoza is very rich in produce. So yeah. those are the people that, you know, harvest. Mm. Right. And they have been stuck there since the lockdown started and they don't have anything to eat. They don't have where to sleep. So we go each day. We give them some food. We give them blankets now that it's getting colder. Uh, So each day we Mm -hmm. have something to do, even if it's not, you know, the the online services. Yeah. And you have to obtain a permit for that, right? From the government as a church that gives you the ability to do that. Um, we don't have it as a church. We have it as a foundation. Okay. We nice. work everything through the foundation, you know, 
that's when where we get the donations and okay. you know the permits of each of our of the people that are working yeah. right. for the foundation. That's I mean to me that's such a picture though of like the you know the the people that God has called to lead his church yeah. taking really seriously that that charge. Um, yeah. That hey, if this means that we have to move into our church so we can continue to encourage produce services and encourage the congregation and yeah. produce services and preach the gospel, like, I think that's incredible. Um, yeah, that that you've got people who would be willing to do that so that the church can continue to serve the community. Yeah, and that's so encouraging to hear that you have the opportunity to to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Right, you get to go and you get to serve those who are really in need. So that's really encouraging to hear, and I'm so glad that you're able to do that. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, I know in this time it's really easy to be discouraged um, sure, because of yeah. just the ways that we've had to change the way we do church and ministry. But I wanted to ask, what are what are some ways that you've seen your church grow? What are some things that God's doing? Because even in this time, we really believe that God is working and he's using the things that, that he's gifted us with to, to multiply the people and mm-hmm. serve yeah. his people and, and how we're using them to bless the Lord. How, how are some ways that you, you feel like God's been at work here within your church? Well, um, I see it in the way God provides when mm. you don't even ask for it and he provides it. I mean, you're hoping and you're praying that God is going to give you what you need. You yeah. don't ask for it, but he provides it for you. For example, there are a lot of people in our congregation that work day by day. Mm. Um, if they don't work, they don't get paid. Right. And it's incredible how God has provided them it, through this tough time, it, it's it, it's unbelievable. I mean, they haven't gone hungry. They haven't, you know, it's it's amazing. It's amazing, and we actually find find out about a, about these things because we do programs where we talk about these miracles. And it's amazing how those same people that live by the day by day that don't know if tomorrow they're going to have a meal in their table. Yeah, um, those are the same people that donate for those are living on the streets so it's amazing that's awesome so it sounds like in many ways this has put a lot of people in your church in the position of praying you know give us this day our daily bread right exactly and praying it literally like god we don't know where our next meal is going to come from but we know it's going to come from you yeah it, it it's unbelievable and it's crazy how then those those same people are the people that donate and want to give to others that don't have anything at all. It's, it's amazing. Mm. Yes. What do you think are maybe some, some things that going forward as the lockdowns ease in Argentina, what are some things your church will have learned as a result of this time? Are there things that, that you all will go forward with and say, we want to take this with us. This is something we learned and we want this to be a part of our church going forward. Well, to be able to, you know, change topics and innovate. I mm-hmm. think that's something that is going to do us great good in the future mm-hmm. and to be able to uh, modernize because we had to buy new cameras and right. change a few things um, with the sound and the way that, you know, everything was, was made with the services. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that is going to, keep staying Mm -hmm. maybe before we were like too loud and we (laughs) disturbed the neighbors now we don't (laughs) nice so 
that's something that 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 is going to keep on going. Yeah, I feel like even for us, there's little areas where we've just been able to be so creative and uh, like online mixing, our tech team has done yeah. such a great job Absolutely. of producing that well and the cameras and, and even the things that we plan um, to, to serve the community. We It's just been such a great thing to be able to see these little areas of opportunity where we can just excel. And so for us, I think going forward, even as we we are still so looking forward to the day that we can all gather together there's yeah. there's nothing that can replace that right but these things that we've learned during this time has been such a such a blessing really yeah for sure it's it i mean it's we we talked about it last night on the whatsapp call this mm-hmm. absence makes the heart grow fonder idea that yeah. that not being able to gather physically with god's people really makes me excited for the day when we can yeah. and, and yet what we have learned about using technology well to minister to people and stay in touch with people, I think is going to be really helpful for us going forward. So we've learned a lot. Um, At the same time, I think it kind of increases that desire for when we can all uh, not just be doing drive-through church, uh, but can sit next to each other again. So. Yeah, in Argentina, we are really touchy-feely, you know, a right. lot of hugs, a lot of kisses. Kiss on the cheek, so, two kisses exactly. on, on either cheek. <laughs> she I warned me about that exactly. when I met her family. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we are really anxious to be able to do that again. I know it's going to take time, but yeah. I guess we've tried to find different ways to be able to, you know, hug through <laughs> uh, either a computer screen or right. through a message. It's like uh, made us more aware of the people that are going to our church, yeah. of their problems, of their needs. Um, I've actually gone to a few houses, you know, with a, a bit of, of problems that they were going through, of mm-hmm. young adults in our church. And it was amazing how some of them, you know, they, they were little problems, but they just needed someone to talk to. Yeah. And so that, that's another thing that I think we're going to keep to be able to yeah. be totally aware of the needs and the things that the people are going through in our church. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So one last thing, Melissa, we just wanted to know how, how we can be praying for your church going forward and in the time right now. What are some ways that we as Bay Life can be praying for you and thinking of you? Well, I think the main reason would be, you know, the, the economic ways. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of our of our brothers and sisters at church live day by day. And some of them don't know if they have a home, you know, it's, yeah. it's a bit hard in Argentina through this time. I mean, if it's hard in the U S in Argentina, it's like three times yeah. harder. Um, and you know, to the same, the same things that maybe are happening in Bay life, um, you know, the family, pro- the family problems, to be able to be assured that the people are going to come to church after, because, you know, like we said before, uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder, but it also makes the heart grow uh, apart. Yeah. You know, we, we have to make sure that all those people come back. Right. And to feel that God, you know, hasn't abandoned them, even if we are going through a lot of weird stuff, know that God is still there for them. So those would be the, you know, the main things. Well, we will we'll absolutely be praying for that, and, and I'm sure our listeners will do the same. Yes. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. Yes, uh, And thank I know you. it's a busy day, so thanks for taking time to talk with us for the show. Yes. Well, thank you. It was my pleasure.
Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of The Stone Table. We hope that you enjoyed this conversation with our friend Melissa. And if you found it helpful, do us a favor and rate, subscribe, and tell your friends about the show as a new podcast that helps us to get the word out. Also, we would love to hear from you. So if there are topics that you'd like to hear us discuss or authors that you'd like to have us bring on the show, you can send us an email at thestonetable at baylife.org. For Baylife Church, I'm Travis, and this is The Stone Table.